0: For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen welcome to the podcast in and through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word mm. my name is Tim
1: my name is Marshall
0: good early morning to you
1: Marshall good very early morning yeah yeah I mean it's not I mean it's earlier than I wanted to. Early is a relative term. Yeah, earlier than I earlier than I'm normally here. Part for yeah. Sundays, I guess.
0: Yeah, we've we've had to record this episode.
1: This is probably the fifth time we've started it. Yeah. This is take five, but take four, the last one we did, we, we talked for a full fifty four minutes only to find out the following morning that the file was corrupted. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so the first the first four, first three We're just false starts. It happens. Yeah. Things were going weird, and then we thought we fixed it. And now we're looking at it, and everything looks right. I know. Who knows?
1: (laughs) Six times the charm. Who knows? How can we know that it's actually working, Tim?
0: We will know. (laughs) (laughs) I was a little bit slow on that one. That's okay, man. Because today we're going to talk about epistemology.
1: That's right. That's right, Tim.
0: Which is an exciting thing to talk about it. It you know what I'm not even gonna say what time it is because people can be like it's eight o'clock get over yourself <laughs> and here I'm acting like it's four thirty
1: right 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 yeah so epistemology is just the fancy philosophical word for the theory of knowledge mm-hmm. so it's a major field of philosophy so you know for those who would go to university to do a degree in philosophy they're going to take courses specifically on just what we're going to talk mm-hmm. about today uh, so. Which means we're not going to be able to cover everything today. But no, we want, but we want to kind of lay a foundation for our listeners moving forward. This yeah, year.
0: And, and to be honest, that's going to be a true statement about everything that we're going to cover this year. Pretty much, there's yeah. nothing that we're going to exhaustively cover. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. this is this is going to be introductory sort of things, yeah. and, and part and part of that is just because there's always a new angle to To observe something, sure, right, another point. I, I don't know that many of these things can be exhaustively covered mm, right that's true. so what is the question of the day? The question of the day is, how can you know
1: right. anything right, yeah, how can you know things? How can you know if something is true or real
0: which which might seem a little bit lofty mm. but it it is a question that matters,
1: oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, no, because it's foundational, right? Like, I mean, we need to have at least some degree of confidence that what we believe is not just fantasy, mm-hmm. but reality. It's true, right? It's true knowledge, not just kind of empty belief.
0: Right, and it's becoming a growing trend. It's not a new thing No, to say, well, how can you know, right? When The Matrix came out,
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: I, I always want to refer back like it was the last it was just the last time we recorded the episode that nobody heard. Right. But when The Matrix came out, all of my friends were mind blown. I didn't I wasn't a go to the movies kind of person. Um so it was I was way late coming to that party. Mm. Everyone's mind blown. The concept, what if, how do you know that it's not true? Can you even know that it's not true? If you thought that it wasn't true, well that might just prove that it is true. All of these kinds of things, right? This is why Descartes says, I think therefore I am. Right, right. Right? right. Because he was having the same conversations too. Right. Oh yeah. Right? Not about red and blue pills, but about the concept of how can we even know what reality is? And maybe all of reality is not actually reality. Maybe it's just... This is not a new conversation. No. And it's and it's a growing trend that people who don't want to talk to you about God mm. choose to claim agnosticism. Right,
1: right, right, right,
0: right, right. So what is agnosticism?
1: So agnosticism, agnosticism as a worldview isn't simply you know, isn't simply describing someone who says, well, there are some things that I don't know. It's really it's really an emphatic statement that you can't know. Right? You can't know whether or not God exists, right? You can't know whether or not there is objective truth, right? Like a lot of faulty worldviews, which agnosticism is one, it's a little bit self-defeating, Mm-hmm. because it's like i am certain that you can't be certain you know what i mean so it's it's really it's 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 kind of appealing to the thing that it's denying to make its point
0: right and then to have an agnostic point on a topic is not in and of itself untenable there are places where you can be agnostic sure oh yeah if if you have a situation where you have a limited amount of information available to you, Mm -hmm. right? Last time we did this, you talked about the thorn in Paul's side. Right, yeah. Right? Everyone wants to know what this is. The only information we have available to us is the short little passage where he says, I have a thorn in my side. I pray that the Lord would take it away, but he's not. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, That's all we got, right? So when people want to talk about, well, was it a physical malady? Was it a sin malady? What what was the issue going on with Paul? Was it his
1: mother-in-law?
0: I'm agnostic. Yeah, sure. I'm agnostic because I don't think that one can know Mm. because the information is not available, and you need Paul himself to explain what he meant there. Right. Right, right. So whenever anybody wants to throw out, well, this is what it was. I don't think they're right. No, I think they might be. Take even if they were right, it was a pop shot. Right, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And that's actually that's yeah, that's that's something worth mentioning. So, so,
0: you, so that's just to say you can't have an agnostic position. Right, but sometimes people are just being lazy.
1: Usually people are being lazy. They I think, don't
0: want to talk about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so generally, like agnostic. My, my. This is and I'm speaking from experience here, but the, the majority of times that I've spoken with agnostics like people who would kind of firmly say they're agnostic like a lot of times it's just kind of a yeah get out of jail free card of having a difficult conversation right like they don't want to think about meaning and purpose and truth and right and wrong and origins of the universe and whether or not there's a higher power or anything like that you know they just want to like you know get a new truck and watch netflix and just coast through life like the, the, I'd like to have a new truck. Well, sure, so but, would I, but but like the it's it's actually like it is mind-boggling the amount of people that I interact with on a regular basis who just really aren't concerned with having conversations about deeper things.
0: Yeah, and it feels a little bit aggressive to say you're an atheist. Right, sure. <laughs> that that feels like a that feels like a harder
1: line. Sure, but I actually and, respect it more than agnosticism.
0: Yeah. Because agnostic, agnostic just feels like the whole, like, hey, I'm not coming against you, but I also don't want to have this conversation,
1: <laughs> right? It feels
0: like this sort of neutral middle line mm-hmm. that they're going to walk. Uh, but basically what they're saying when someone claims agnosticism is, you think you know, but you don't know either, right? right? It can't be known.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before we get into kind of the Christian perspective, I just want to kind of maybe give the listeners just a a few kind of insights into this whole epistemology thing, this whole, this whole, how can we know things? How can we understand truth and reality? You know, what needs to be in place for beliefs to become knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. And so there are different, you know, there are different views on what is the primary source of our knowledge, right? Does it come through our senses, Right. So someone who'd say, comes to what you can see, hear, feel and touch, right? I guess feel and touch are the same thing. Whatever. Taste and touch. <laughs> um, those would be empiricists. So that's called empiricism. So when someone says, I believe in science, like if you can't reproduce it in a lab, that's that's what that is.
0: Yeah. A, um, a naturalist, right? Naturalist, the empiricism. entire natural world is all that it is.
1: Yeah. Then some people would say our reasoning. So those would be rationalists. So it's you know the way that I come to know truth is kind of through my own in my own mind. I can kind of figure things out and determine what is true and what is not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people it's it's more subjective than that. There's actually a thing something called subjectivism. It's just like I don't know. It's like following your gut, I guess, rather than yeah. following your brain or following your eyes. It's Just your like, feelings. My feet. Get it, feel it. Get all up in your I feels. Feel, I feel it in my bones. Um, actually, that feeling... Feel know. it in your fingers? <laughs> Feel it in your toes? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Love is all around me. Okay. Um, yeah, these questions aren't new. Um, Greek philosophers debated about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Plato and Aristotle handled these types of questions thousands of years ago. Um, I think... So So again, just to know that like, different people have different takes on how, how you can gain knowledge. There's also different... I think there's different kinds of knowledge. I talked mm-hmm. about this sure. a little bit. So there's descriptive knowledge. So that's something that like you know that you can describe, right? So I can know that you know my car needs a new transmission. So I might have the descriptive knowledge. I don't have procedural knowledge. I don't actually have the knowledge to go and replace that transmission myself. Right. Like, you can
0: I, you can know what it needs, but you can't do anything about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Other than yeah. take it to the shop and yep. and cry. You can know a guy <laughs> because it costs so much money. My my car doesn't need a new transmission. Well, it. We think it might, but we're not going to do anything about it because, <laughs> because it's old enough to have its own driver's license. Okay. Um, and then there's knowledge by acquaintance. So like, I don't know all that there is about you, Tim, mm-hmm. but I know you, I know mm-hmm. I know Tim, right? I I know Stratford. I've lived here for a while. I don't know everything there is to know about it, but I'm acquainted with it.
0: Yeah. In, in Spanish, they have two words for know, and if you've been to a place... You don't say I've been there. You say I know that place, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I don't know if French. Might be the same
1: French. Thing. Uh, I, I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but I did kind of read in a bit of my research that English actually lacks a bit of the the nuanced words to to kind of differentiate between mm-hmm. different ways of knowing things. Where yeah. where like yeah, a lot of the Latin languages have different different ways. Um, let me see what else here. Oh, there's okay. And then also there is more Latin here for you. And then I promise we'll move on. Um, there's a priori um, knowledge. So a priori knowledge means, um, that it comes through reasoning apart from experience, right? So it's knowing something through my reason, even though I haven't experienced that. Sure. Right. So like that, the, whatever I, 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 now of course I'm drawing a blank on like what that, what that might be. But like I, I know that Australia exists, even though I've never been there. I guess.
0: Yeah, but that would be maybe that's not revelatory. Reason. We would talk about that later because someone's told you about it. Yeah. Hmm. So something that you wouldn't know because you could rationalize, even though you've not experienced it, would be, um, let's see, the it, it'd be the kind of notion where <clears throat> you're able to look at something and say. Because this is here, someone put it here. Right. I didn't see them put it there. Right, right, right. But I can just rationalize someone's right. been here. Right. Right. A foot, a pair of footsteps in the snow. Oh. When you wake up in the morning on your front porch and you're like, oh, something shady's been going on here. Yeah.
1: Someone stole my Amazon package. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. And then there's null no, a posteriori, which is just knowledge that's gained through experience and senses. So you know, you've seen something before, right? Like you just, you know that, um, you know, at a red light people are supposed to stop or whatever. Yeah. Um, now we could go in all sorts of different directions in regards to this whole epistemology thing, but this is a Christian apologetics podcast. So I think we're going to focus our time on like, actually what, how do, how as Christians do we understand? knowledge and reasoning like in our own worldview how do we how can we know that we know Mm -hmm. right because we're gonna we're gonna answer that question differently than a non-believer would
0: yeah and and i would say i would say differently to a degree Mm -hmm. um because i think i think science i think a lot of the kinds of knowledge that you've talked about so far there's no reason to not be on board with those. Yeah. Well there's still there's still other means. Mm-hmm. The the problem comes with having even more means mm. and uh, and choosing to reject specific
1: means. Yeah, no, I think that's 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 good to mention. So from a Christian perspective, from our Christian worldview, there are two kinds of beings that can use reason, that can think, that can know like know no things. Mm-hmm. There's the creator god and creation humankind right the rest of the animals don't reason the same way we reason right? right they just we're not getting into that oh but i saw a monkey like use a stick to get ants like okay <laughs> yes but they didn't build a rocket to the moon like let's let's be reasonable here. are you here. suggesting we've been to the moon oh my goodness I'm, I'm i'm going with the strong probably i'm like i'm like i'm like 89 percent sure we went to the moon but I don't really care one way or another, to be honest. I think space travel is a huge waste of money. Um, okay, here's the thing. The difference is God's knowledge is ultimate and absolute, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's self-reliant. Like, it's not dependent upon anything else. Right. He just, he has knowledge, absolute knowledge. Our knowledge is derivative, right? So it's based on his knowledge. Like, we only have knowledge because he has knowledge, mm-hmm. right? And it's dependent upon him. And of course, it's limited, so we're when we talk about knowledge, there is kind of this perfect set of understandings that God has, and then whatever we get, which is less you well you you do the analogy I'm, your favorite analogy, you know the one okay,
0: so funny thing is like I was talking to my brother yesterday on the phone, yeah. and uh this came up again um I So I had to look it up, because last time I said, there's Francis this Francis Ch- Chan quote, I've been quoting it for years, I'm right. not sure that it's Fran- so long that I'm not even sure that it's Francis Chan anymore, mm-hmm. but at what point have I crossed the statute of limitations and I can just sure use it? It's on page 32 of uh, Crazy Love. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Cook is the publisher, I guess, if we want to do a full-on oh, citation. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so what he What he's talking about is he's talking about the ocean mm. and he says imagine imagine all the oceans of the world and imagine yourself a twelve ounce can. You dip that into the ocean and you pull it out, and what you have inside of the can is ocean. Mm. You can know about the ocean based on what's in the can. You can understand. Salt levels, you can understand pH, Mm -hmm. you can understand many different things, microorganisms, maybe plastics. (laughs) All of these things can be studied and known. You know about the ocean, but you don't know the fullness of the ocean. Right, right. Why? Because you need a bigger cup if you're going to talk about whales.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Right? And the only way to exhaustively know the ocean is to have a cup big enough to contain the oceans. Right. And so this is his way of saying, I can know about God, but I can't answer every question about God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know all about God. And the only way that I could presume to know all about God is to be large enough in my own capacity to contain God entirely. Right. Which would then, in effect, make me God.
1: Right. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? Yeah, for sure. And so, so I, I think the real value in that is understanding, yes, we can know. No, we can't exhaustively know. Right. Yeah. We are limited, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's okay. So what do we do? We know what is there to be known, mm-hmm. what we can know, and the rest of it we leave to faith. Yeah, or we continue building and expanding capacities, right? But we're never going to exhaust this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no that that that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, and and I think that there is a sense in which all knowledge is just tied to God. Scripture kind of points to this, right? Proverbs two six: the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding, mm-hmm. right? Paul writing to the Colossians prays that they would reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, so God is, you know, God's perfect knowledge is the source, is the ocean that, you know, with our various cups you know, standing maybe on different points along the shore or boats out in the water are going to get maybe different things even in our cups. Mm -hmm. Um, Still nobody's getting a whale, I guess. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. So there is a relationship between knowledge and belief, right? Mm -hmm. Knowledge is justified true belief. So if your belief is true, then it's not just believing something, it's knowing something. Right, right. Um, So to illustrate this, right, if if I guess the answer to a math problem, right, I like I have no, I look at the math problem, I have no idea what it is. I happen to guess that the answer is forty two. Some people might get that reference. That doesn't mean I knew the right answer. Okay, like I had I had the right answer, but I couldn't justify my answer. I couldn't show my work, so I didn't actually know the answer. I just was like whatever it's this.
0: I haven't had a math class in 20 years. But when you said show your work, mm. something inside of me just twitched a little.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I always wrestled with that because I, I I, did okay in math, but I never... I would find weird ways to get to the answer mm-hmm. that were not what the, the teacher wanted, and it, I always lost marks from it. I So I gave up on math as soon as I could. Um, if we claim that something is true... We're essentially saying that we have sufficient evidence, proof, or reason for holding to that belief. So, at least to some extent, we can show our work mm-hmm. for our belief to, to be considered knowledge, right? Right. Um, so, the secular o- world often will kind of propose different theories about how we can understand truth. And, like we mentioned before, like, we don't want to just throw everyone who's not a believer totally under the bus and say that there's nothing beneficial. Oh that no! They hold to right. There's just there's just there are issues that we'll get into it. So
0: yeah. So I, I would even say this. I would even say I think that secular thought and science do a much better job than most Christian mm. groups are willing to go with it. If we're going to argue that God Himself is truth and is the foundation for all truth. Then the mean and the means by which we come to understand truth are also from God. Mm -hmm. Right? Then as the secular world develops things, scientific methods and such that are useful and provable and make sense, they are doing good work. Mm. The problem is not the methodology by which they're trying to come about truth. The problem is the artificial limitations that they put on their own methodologies. Sure, sure. To yeah. weed God out of their
1: truth. Yeah. And I think probably weed and I think a lot of those industries weed out people who believe in God as well for right. their work.
0: And and so so I'm I'm very open to secular epistemologies mm-hmm. and scientific methods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think their ologies are are useful, mm. because if if those things aren't leading us to God, what are they leading to, and why aren't they leading us there? right. Is right. it a problem with the tool, mm-hmm. or is it a problem with the user of the tool? Right. I would say when methodology and uh, epistemologies in secular thought go astray, it's not because of the tool. Right. So I'm pretty open to some of the tools they use
1: yeah no for sure so some of those kind of these theories um about what makes belief truth um there's the correspondence theory so truth is just simply whatever corresponds to reality Mm -hmm. there's the coherence theory so that truth is what agrees with a certain set of propositions a a set of thinking like a kind of a, a a logical rational system of like testing things and if it can if it coheres if it agrees within that system then it's good if it, if it agrees with the other things that you believe to be true then it's coherent in
0: biblical studies or in theology we call this harmonization
1: yep exactly um and there's the pragmatic theory of truth uh truth is just whatever works yeah if it works it's true which uh yeah sometimes like i mean yeah. Yeah. Right,
0: and, and and you can say like, well, it might appear true, but then later on, as you dig deeper, you find out that it's not. Right, right, right. Well, you're like, all right, well, it it had some limited value mm-hmm. of a truth expression. Right, but now we've grown from it. Right, it's, right. It's not a rejectable thing.
1: Yeah, and so like as Christians, we we can adopt these theor- we adopt these theories, but we adjust them slightly. Um, you know, so correspondence. Okay, well, true knowledge isn't just what corresponds to our perception of reality, Mm -hmm. but true belief and true knowledge corresponds to God's knowledge, Mm -hmm. his exhaustive knowledge of reality, right? So, um, you know, God's knowledge is coherent, consistent, right? Even before the universe was created, even before there was anything, he already had all things planned out from the beginning to the end, all things that would come to be fully understood before they ever came into existence, right? Yeah. So, like... So, real knowledge is only is only like in relation to what he knows, right? He
0: that's a hard one. That's a hard one to prove, though. That way, because you would need to to say that my knowledge on this is real knowledge, because you would need to prove the exhaustive knowledge of God (laughs) God applies to this. Yeah, to which you would need access to the exhaustive knowledge of God. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, I, I understand that, but proving it is is tricky. But I still think it's in its theory. In its theory, it's oh, in its theory if is it, true. If it doesn't agree with God's knowledge, then it's not knowledge, right? Um, yeah, and so you know, we can we can look to all sorts of different you know sources of knowledge, different what you know. Right, we already talked about this, right? Like evidence based stuff, uh, reliable methods, getting you know. Um, getting information from outside sources, internal knowledge we have. Um, Cornelius Van Til, who is a presuppositional apologist. Uh, apologist, sorry. Um, and we, we, I think, we'll probably talk about presuppositional versus classical at some point down the road. Mm-hmm. But he would state that beliefs are only true if they ultimately recognize God as the ultimate source of truth. Uh, so, if a non-believer recognizes, like a a tree mm-hmm. in the forest, the the knowledge of their knowledge of that tree, even if they're an arborist, their knowledge of the tree remains critically flawed because they fail to acknowledge the most foundational truth about that tree, that it's created and sustained by God. So, in kind of the similar way where you were talking about like the applied, the the methods, the, the issue. Is not the method of them determining? Oh, I can see the tree. I can determine what kind of tree because of the bark and because of like mm-hmm. the pine cones. But like because of their worldview, like because of like their lack of of faith, their lack of recognition of the Creator, like they're doomed before they even start the process. To to some extent, right? Like on a yeah. on a practical level, they could tell you more about that tree. Than you or I could for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but ultimately, like the most important thing about that tree is not what species, what genus it is, but it's its purpose. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. One
0: the only thing that I would probably backpedal on just ever so slightly mm. is that sometimes sometimes Christians wrongly use this as a rationale for arrogance, okay, yeah, and understanding, right, like this sort of like well, you may actually understand the tree better than I do, but I know this one thing mm-hmm. that is actually applicable to everything mm-hmm. right yeah. the cardboard box standing in the corner of this room, right and that one thing that i know is superior it's the trump card but for is, every for everything is, though, that you know but
1: it is though but because all that other knowledge is is useless it is no, meaningless apart from apart from the knowledge of god
0: i would say i would say it is as an act of of worship useless knowledge as an act of practical general life, mm. not useless. Sure. Ultimately, is it going to save their soul? No. Mm-hmm. Is that the only measure that we have? I don't think so. Right. Yeah. I th- I think I think that general gains in life, sure, through common grace, are still useful.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, in yeah, in the temporary sense, sure.
0: Yeah, I I just don't like, I I just don't like the notion that because I'm a Christian, <laughs> right, I genuinely know more and understand more yeah. than everyone who isn't. And yeah, uh, it's
1: more about like the the the, the It thing- becomes
0: a point of arrogance, which also misses the point entirely.
1: Well, yeah, well, but also, but see, I think a lot of people are here's this but here's a bit a bit of a bunny trail but I think people are like, well look at that mechanical engineer. He knows so much more than I do because I'm just a whatever fill in the blank mm-hmm. right And so they feel overwhelmed about maybe sharing the gospel, sharing their faith with this person who is so much more intelligent because they know so many more things but the thing that the Christian who's bagging groceries at the grocery store knows, that the, that the atheist mechanical engineer doesn't know is vitally important. So I don't think we need to be arrogant, but I do think we need to be confident that like, what we know about God actually puts everything together, right? And is actually the most important thing to know. That, that's because I, I just don't want people to feel, I hear what you're saying about arrogance being a danger there, and for sure, I get that. But I also want people need to be confident to know that like, what we know as believers is, is vitally important yeah I, yeah yeah absolutely so anyways, let's talk about revelation because that is the real that is the real dividing line I guess between a Christian worldview and whatever a naturalist worldview or a you know existentialist worldview yeah, yeah. so just
0: to break down the word revelation, yeah, the word revelation just comes from the word reveal, right you have something on a table covered with a sheet. Mm. I wonder what that is. Mm. That lump under the sheet. Well, one way to find out is to remove the sheet. Right. (laughs) And then you look at it and you're like, oh. It's been revealed. It has been revealed. (laughs) Now that there is no longer a barrier between myself and the thing, I can understand the thing.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Right? Uh, And I just think, I think being able to picture the word played out like that helps us understand what it means um, that, that something has been shown to us. Mm. Right. And, and revelatory knowledge, not to jump the gun too far, is not unique to people of faith.
1: No, 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 that's, that's totally true. So, so from a Christian perspective, when we're talking about revelation, Typically, we're we're talking about revelation from God, mm-hmm. right? So, the revelation that comes from God is kind of categorized into two two types, right? Um, there is, of course, general revelation. General revelation is revelation is things that have been revealed by God in a general sense to everyone, mm-hmm. right? The the go to passage for this is probably in Romans one. Um, just pick it up in verse 18 here for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse.
0: So so Romans 1 is telling us there is enough in creation revealed in creation mm-hmm. for deductive reasoning to say there must be a god.
1: Yeah. There like you, you you couldn't have all of this existing as something independent on its own. Right? Like it's just you couldn't have it, you couldn't say anything you couldn't say anything intelligent about what we have unless there's some kind of system of truth, mm-hmm. right? to To reference to, right? Yeah. There's, there's no.
0: So, so this has been, this has been something that has been done through the ages, mm. where c- civilizations forever have looked around them and said, "This didn't come from." Nowhere. It, it it came from somewhere. Something happened. Mm-hmm. Something is controlling this, mm. causing it to be. And that's why we have always had religion, mm-hmm. false or, or true, mm-hmm. right? And it's not even until very recently in history that we have deemed ourselves arrogant enough to say, no, I think I can prove... That it came from nothing, right. which makes me supremely intelligent, mm. even though all reason before me has said this is wrong, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so claiming, claiming what is the least likely of positions and then claiming an arrogance on mm. because, I'm, because I'm a higher thinker than everyone else around <laughs> me, it could be that you're wrong.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah.
0: Mm. So, yeah, that revelatory knowledge does exist. The mm-hmm. Bible tells us is it exists. It also tells us people are going to suppress that knowledge. Yeah. So yeah. there it is in Scripture. Like mm. I, I said, that it's very modern. I, I think the broad sweep that it holds on the world is pretty modern. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the first century, these things were happening as well. Oh, for sure. Because Paul writes about it.
1: Yeah. 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 So I mean, the idea of people, yeah, knowing. Knowing deep down that it's, um, that you know God does exist, but they yeah are are suppressing it. Now, not all Christians agree on this, and I'm I'm not sure where I land. But the presuppositional guys like Van Til, who I quoted earlier, would say there are really no true atheists. Like they don't actually they don't actually exist. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone actually knows there's a God. It's just some people choose to remain in rebellion. They're just lying about it. They're just lying to themselves. Yeah. Right? And that, uh, I mean, it seems, at least with this passage of Scripture, seems to be pretty consistent, but there's some other things that got to work out before I get totally...
0: Yeah, angry. I don't know. That that would be... Because I've, I've heard that a number of times. My My question to that, one, I'm pretty agnostic on the matter. <laughs> nice. I don't know. Yeah. Right. And and can it even be known? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. This person doesn't believe that there's a God. Well, do they actually, but they're just suppressing that? I don't think there's a way to prove that. Right. I don't think there's a test that can be run to show that. I could be wrong on it. I would say I'm pretty agnostic on it. Mm -hmm. Um, But is the evidence available to them Mm -hmm. and the evidence suppressed? That's that's definite, yeah. right. That's biblically revealed to us.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. so and so guys like you know famous um, famous Christian apologists, uh, like Alvin Plantinga and uh, William Lane Craig and and many, many others would say that belief in God is a properly basic belief. So what they mean by that as a properly basic belief is that because of general revelation, because of what we can see, you know, because there is a universe instead of there's not a universe, um, we would like, it is just basic to believe in a creator, to believe in God, like as a foundational belief that doesn't need to really be supported by anything else. It's just. Of course you believe. Of course you should believe that. That's that's how even William guys like William William yep. Craig would. Yep. That is the building block that you can build the the other things off of, right? The other yeah, things I, we believe to be true.
0: I I think that that's true. Mm-hmm. I stand by that. The thing that, that really upsets me is when they go out of their way to say, I don't know the answer. Mm. It could be any number of things. The one thing I know for sure is that it's not God. Right right at that point i just think that's the most unscientific thing (laughs) a person could say right 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 Right. i've not come to a conclusion yet Mm -hmm. i already know what the answer will not be
1: (laughs) well yeah and that is that is often how a lot of you know a lot of the the sciences are operating now, right? This is with this preconceived notion. That right. There must not be a higher power. There must not be a creative force. It's all, it has to be chance. It has there, to be. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: they would argue against the presuppositional position. Mm. In a similar way, they would say, you're supposing mm. God before you run the experiment. Mm-hmm. And surprise, your answer is God. mm is that different than presupposing it's not God, running, running your experiment and saying, <laughs> "Oh look, I don't know, but it's still not God." Yeah, yeah. come on, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Okay, so that's that's general revelation. But as Christians, we have more than that. We also have special revelation. Mm-hmm. Special revelation you know, in contrast to general revelation, which is things revealed by God in general to everyone, special revelation is something that was specially revealed to a particular group of people. Um and I guess progressively over time has been circulated. Um and is more specific in nature, right? If general revelation can tell us that there is a God, and maybe a couple things, but he must be powerful. He must mm-hmm. be great, right? But but special revelation lets us know that you know he's loving and faithful and yeah holy and general revelation tells
0: us that God is mm-hmm. special revelation tells us who God is
1: yeah nice that's good that's good yeah now so for as christians obviously we consider special revelation to be the scriptures right that which has been revealed by God to the prophets to the apostles um and through Christ Himself, or, you know, when He was when He was here. But the Bible, when we say that special revelation is like is a source of knowledge, I think it's it's important for us to, to like remember that the Bible isn't just like a fact book that lays out all the things, all mm-hmm. that all things are true, but all all various things, right? Like it's not, you know, it's not an encyclopedia. Um, remember those? <laughs> um, can I have family members? I'm not going to say who who like like just a few years before like the internet like became big like got 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 by one of those like encyclopedia salesman guys mm-hmm. in like the mid to late nineties and like dropped stupid money on a whole massive encyclopedia set only for that to become irrelevant within like three years. It's heartbreaking. Anyways, the Bible is not an encyclopedia set. The Bible is not Google. It's not Wikipedia for for everything.
0: Yeah, and I think that's important mm -hmm. for us to understand, right? The Bible is truth. Everything in the Bible, everything the Bible says is true. Mm -hmm. The Bible doesn't say everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right? There are things that the Bible remains silent on. Mm -hmm. There are things the Bible hints at, Mm -hmm. right? But doesn't fully explain. So is the Bible the source of all knowledge? No. No hmm No. But all that is in the Bible is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. You know, authoritatively the word of God.
1: Yeah. And I would also say that not only not only that, but but scripture provides us with a framework to understand other things that scripture doesn't necessarily talk mm-hmm. about.
0: Right? You said you just read it in Romans one. Yeah. Right? The the scripture itself is declaring to you mm-hmm. there are other ways to know. That God exists,
1: right? Oh yeah, for
0: sure. And part of their condemnation is that they've suppressed those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that it doesn't even talk about the writings of Scripture, right? It talks about the evidences
1: of nature, right? Right. right. Yeah, and so, but Scripture provides us with a framework. So there, there are things that like we might see through general revelation, right? Like in our own lives, that apart from special revelation might lead us to wrong conclusions, mm-hmm. right? So. Think of like cancer cells, right? So we could, as people born into this world, seeing that, you know, people, especially as they get older, tend to get cancers and this tends to just kind of pop up time and time again, you know, we could say to some degree, okay, well, you know, that cells mutate in these inappropriate ways and end up causing, you know, people and other animals and organisms to die is just normal. It's just part of nature, Mm -hmm. right? That would be just using general revelation on its own. But we know from special revelation that no, death is a problem and death is right. not part of the original design. And that death is ultimately a result of sin and rebellion against God. So special revelation, although it doesn't give us a textbook, a biology textbook on cancer cells, mm-hmm. right? we we can apply things that the Bible teaches us to, to areas outside of what it specifically mentions. It's a,
0: which makes listening to reports from time to time on CBC <laughs> frustrating and exciting yeah I, I was listening to one not long ago when they were like, we've been examining why human cells can only reproduce so many times mm. and why why that information about how often this cell has reproduced remains in the subsequent generations from it so that eventually we have aging right if cells are just dividing and as we've always heard after division there's a new cell created right right then why aren't we always fresh and new mm. why is this information encoded on later cells it doesn't need to be there there's no reason that the human body should not just live in perpetuity (laughs) and we're going to figure out that problem. And I'm like, you were so close.
1: (laughs) And yet so far, like I'm so excited for
0: you, but at the same time, so frustrated for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think, I think that's, that's a good point. And so the, the, the reminder, I think for, for our listeners in regards to, you know, as we use general revelation to, to not forget the importance of special revelation there, the example that I have is <clears throat> actually just comes from the Garden of Eden. Like we're going we're going right back to the beginning here, mm-hmm. right? So there is some special revelation involved where God literally tells Adam and Eve, Don't eat that fruit. If you eat that fruit, you will die. Yep. Don't do it. Right? A plus B equals we'll C. Yeah. Don't eat it, you will die. But instead they begin to reason with themselves with obviously a little nudging from from the serpent, right? Questioning well is that really true? Like did what God was, what God said really true. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, I mean, which is, you know, the, the basis of all sorts of, you know, things that are, that come up today. But, um, so they started to reason in a way that held themselves as the highest, authority of truth right the ultimate decider of facts because you know adam and eve they're like well you know actually it looks it looks pretty nice it actually it looks, looks good to eat yeah it looks tasty let's 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 have it right so they chose to reject special revelation the word of god they chose to set that aside as the lens to use to make judgments about general revelation what their eyes could see right so they could say that food looks good to eat Mm-hmm. but i also know from god that if i do eat it i'm going to die right but in the same way what our you know what our culture and society and what even as christians what we do often is we we rely so heavily on our own senses and our own reason and our own intuition which are all good things. Like, God has blessed us with minds that work yep. and senses that work, right? And even in, in- intuition, right? Like, there's that kind of, that je ne sais quoi, that kind of, like, gut thing. Like, I I believe in that. I believe that's a real thing. What uh, does that mean,
0: technically, je ne sais quoi?
1: I don't know what it is. I don't know it's what. It's French, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like, I don't know what. It, oh, don't, oh that's, that's literally what it means. Yeah, that's what it means. Yeah, I, what don't it means what. I don't okay, know Okay, I was gonna what. say, why would you not know? Okay, <laughs> no. Yeah, so, like, it's... So, but those things... Independently are insufficient to determine what is true mm-hmm. and right at times. Right, right. Um, and so to have a system where we can, you know, use our reason, use our senses, use our intuition, use all the other information we have in a way that's harmonized, in a way that actually works, it, you need that special revelation from God. You need that right. revelation from God to kind of glue those things together, and then and then you can really um you can really begin to know what is what is really true
0: right it's the it's the value difference between knowing that god is and knowing who god is mm-hmm. you cannot call upon the name of the lord jesus christ and be right. saved mm-hmm. if you don't know who he is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right that's the gap right that it fills right and and when i say we're not the only religious people are not the only one who believe in this kind of revelatory knowledge right we made the notion earlier we both believe in Australia. Never been there. Never been. I'd say the same is true about New Zealand. Right. Yeah. yeah. I believe New Zealand exists. I believe that when Susan writes, she's writing from New Zealand, never been in New Zealand. I saw it in Lord of the Rings. And it I'm beautiful. I'm trusting other people's word on it. Right. Right. Um, it's been shown to me even though I've not experienced it. Mm. Mm-hmm. I believe it to be true. Right. Uh, at a deeper level, because people be like, well, you could just go there, right? At a deeper level, your friends and family who are very anti-God and pro-science mm-hmm. are most likely themselves not steeped in cosmology. Sure, yeah. And are taking someone else's word for it. Yeah. Right? And and that's where the argument of like, oh, you're just believing what you've been told yeah, it's like- is like ridiculously strong. <laughs> as a counter-argument.
1: <laughs> it's like well so are you right right well Neil deGrasse Tyson said on a YouTube video it's like no like yeah anyways we, we're all we're all relying on some kind of revelatory knowledge the yeah. difference is what is the quality of the knowledge of the person who's revealing these things to us yeah I, I would say
0: I would say quality and longevity sure um, consistency consistency. Uh, what does it need to deny? Mm. Christians, listen close to me here. You don't need to deny everything you deny. There's so many times that I hear Christians to be like, Well, this person said this, and and that can't be true because I always we have to be careful how quickly we just throw things away. Mm. If it's true, it will prove itself to be true. Mm -hmm. If it's false, it will prove itself to be false. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just need to be a little more patient with it and let it work its way out Mm -hmm. um, because you're not helping the argument, you're hurting the argument Mm -hmm. by playing the same game that secular scientists play. So, for instance, just a quick example of this. Uh, When we talk about the the half-lives of mass energy. physics mm. lesson for you. Okay. Mass energy, the fact that we have mass, mm-hmm. that all matter, all mass has within itself energy degrades in half-lives. Yeah. Right? The fact that we have mass energy means it, the universe could not have always
1: existed. Right. Something I had to. Push. There would have been a degradation, mm-hmm.
0: right? So, how is it that we have still mass energy with the degradations of half lives, which is a thing that can be quantitized? We can mm-hmm. do math on this. Mm-hmm. I heard a, a professor ask this, whose response was I'm so sick of Christians asking about the half lives of mass energy. Next time they ask you that, just ask them where God came from.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? It's a legitimate question. Right, right. And to just reject it out of hand as a stupid question made by religious people who have their beliefs in this, what he would call fairy tale figure, mm. right? You can't do that. Like he, as a scientist, can't do that. Right, right. Because I haven't. I have a statement for that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? I believe that God is not a product of the universe, mm-hmm. and that's why you can't rationalize an eternal God mm-hmm. within the realms of studying the universe.
1: Right, because you're a materialist, and he's right.
0: outside of mater- he's the not material. The creator of the quantum mechanic <laughs> yeah, yeah. is beyond the quantum mechanic. Yeah, for sure. The painter of the picture mm-hmm. is not himself... Two dimensional mm-hmm. and stuck to the canvas. Yeah. That's right? Good.
1: I think we are getting into maybe future episodes here. We though.
0: are. <laughs> we are, but it is it is a means of it is a means of understanding. Right. 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 Like we as Christians play that same game mm-hmm. when every time science says, We've learned how this works, we just want to throw that away. Mm-hmm. Right? We quantum Mechanics is an example. String theory is an example. Mm -hmm. Maybe these are means by which God does his thing. Mm. Right? Observable means by which God holds his world together. And I I think the world is too quick to throw God away. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that makes their argument less consistent, Mm -hmm. less tenable. Um, But Christians unnecessarily play the same game for fear that they're being disproved.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. Yeah, that's helpful for sure. Anything else you got? I got nothing, man. I'm good. All
0: right. Well, thanks for listening. This podcast uh, is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada, and is produced by Alex Walker. Four years in, you'd think I'd have that memorized. It's all good, brother. Not this morning.
1: (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.